as a wise person once asked, do you use the carrot or do you use the stick? We're going to talk about that in the world of corporate learning. Should you mandate your training or should you make it all about learners' personal growth? We're going to talk about that with our good friend, Michelle Beekler on the Learning Geeks podcast, starting now. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back. Hey, hey there. Hey, Jake. We are joined in the virtual studio by one of our good friends uh, from Accenture, Ms. Michelle Beekler. Hey, Bob. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. We're so glad you're here. Uh, dialing in from the East Coast to the United States of America? I am. I'm, I'm, di- I'm dialing in from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I would like to formally request a little cartoon character of myself because I know you guys all have one. <laughs> <laughs> am I allowed to make demands so quickly? <laughs> Yes. Well, we'll see, we'll see what the uptake of this podcast is. If it's okay. a good uptake, then yeah, maybe. And, and Bob has a guy. Bob has. A I guy have a guy. Bob's always got a guy. I have a guy. So I'm going to take a picture of you right now there, and then I'm going to send it. You might even have it by the end of this podcast. We'll see. <laughs> we might be able to to post it along. So I, I know he's taking the day off today. So we'll see. But Michelle, we're so glad to have you here. We get, give us a little bit more background on who you are. So um, I, I guess I, I would explain myself as a learning enthusiast. I have been in the learning space probably for the better part of 25 years in some capacity. Um, so just done all sorts of learning, whether it was client facing, whether it was internal to, you know, our own company or wherever it may be. So I have done all sorts of learning programs and learning um, all around, like including compliance related learning and not compliance related learning. Well, Michelle, what we wanted to talk about today, because I know it's something that you have dealt with over various times in your career. Really, it's the question of how do you compel invite, motivate people in a corporate environment to go through a learning experience that you want them to go through? What's the best strategy to do that, especially if it's something that may be left to their own devices, they wouldn't really choose it. So, you know, you can go the route of mandating it, or you can go the route of not mandating it and, and, you know, leave it open, try to appeal to the better angels of their nature. What's your experience? What's your thought? Can you give me the answer right now? Because I'm struggling with it. Well, Bob, you know, before Michelle answers, I'm going to give her just a little time to think about the answer. You mentioned at the start, you said carrot or stick. I don't like carrots, but, you know, maybe if it was ice cream, (laughs) right? Ice cream or chocolate versus a stick, that might help. And maybe Michelle can help us think through what's that ice cream, that enticement for doing it rather than yeah, Michelle's thing. just right. going to tell us what flavor of ice cream it is that's needed. And then we'll and, all have the answer and then we'll have it. Yeah. And yeah, it'll, it'll be a short podcast anyway. Sorry for that uh, deviation. But when you said carrot and stick, I thought, yeah, give me <laughs> ice cream or chocolate. Well, well, there, there are so many ways I can go with that. That's a big <laughs> question. A ser- series of questions. I think, I think the, the similarity actually is that there are, I can't give you the right flavor of 
of ice cream because there are many flavors of ice cream that would satisfy the need, right? So Bob, your flavor of ice cream is different than what I would like as, you know, ice cream. Um, for example, I do not like coffee ice cream and some people love it. So, and I, and I actually do think Dana, in all of your wisdom, that is a, that is a great analogy to learning too, right? So I, in my experience, really, you need to start with what is the goal, right? What are you trying to accomplish? What is the end in mind that you're trying to you know, to, to get to, um, along with what are the behaviors you're trying to drive. And when you keep all of those things in mind, that naturally shapes what kind of program that you will have. Um, and, you know, I'm sure many organizations have a mix of both, right? And, and you need to have a mix of both, right? You need to have those programs that, you know, absolutely you must do to keep us out of trouble, right? Those compliance related mm -hmm. programs. And it's, you know, we don't care if you like it. It just needs to be done because it's going to keep us, you know. Yeah, the law says you must exactly, do this. Exactly. Yeah. And quite frankly, the experience doesn't matter, even though we would like the experience to sometimes matter for those that care about our, you know, people. Um, and then, of course, you're going to have the other set of learnings that, you know, that, that really you want the experience to be there. You want to motivate people for the right reasons to want to be there, to want to show up, to want to learn. So it's a it's a mixed bag, I think. You know, for me, it's always been what is the end goal? What is the behavior we're trying to, you know, reach? What is the outcome we are trying to reach? And what is the goal? And then you just kind of, you know, back it up from there. Okay, I'll just say it. I wonder if sometimes people who are building compliance training, uh, because they know it's compliance training, don't necessarily, you know, invest a lot in making it a really enticing and, you know, engrossing experience. I, I know that there are some whose hearts are in the right place, but I wonder if there are some who just kind of say, this is it. And they create a PowerPoint and record audio and that's your compliance stuff. I've seen both. I'm going to leave it there. I've, se I've seen <laughs> both, um, you know, and, and I think it's all about, again, the culture, right? The culture yeah. of the company matters um, and what people what people are really striving for um, because I, I, and also budget, right? Budget has, you know, cause there mm -hmm. are many compliance learning vendors out there that you can just go and grab off the shelf compliance learning. And it's just, you know, easy. It's Done. cheap. It does the job. Why not? Right. So sometimes more of that, um, you know, better experience will take some more time and money. Part of what I was driving to, I was a little uh, tongue in cheek in that, statement but what i was driving to is if you have a a fun and enjoyable uh enticing learning experience it may not make a difference whether it's mandatory or optional because if it's something that people want to do and the company says you know you should really do this then maybe you don't need to make it mandatory if it's well designed and and uh, engaging i think there is an element of truth to that dana but i think also in the reality that time is always an issue for people, yeah, yeah. right? People are always busy. Um, even if people want to do it, right? I, I think there's there's always going to be that element of time. So unfortunately, that's where you sometimes, of course, businesses need to get to that stick versus the ice cream. I, I agree with that. I think one of the things that we struggle with the most, I, I shouldn't say struggle, it's the challenge of today is not necessarily making things engagement engaging. It's capturing attention, Mm -hmm. And like getting people to be willing to invest 
and whatever you're offering. Preach, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my world today too. Yes. Just just a minute. I have a distraction going on. Over, what was that, Jay? Yeah, what was your right. Comment? Right. I mean, even my desk right now, I've been trying purposely to keep it as clutter-free as possible and to remove something from grabbing my attention and, and, and keeping it without looking at something else. So even if it's super well-designed, I still come back to the attention aspect. And mm. even if you capture their attention and they start to see a relevant, some type of relevancy to them, then there's the sustaining of that. That's even mm-hmm. harder. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm curious, Michelle, from, from, from your perspective, how have you thought about just even getting attention of people? So we look for inspirations in other places, right? So for example, Netflix, right? So think about it. Like if there is a series that you start to watch and you'll know by 10 minutes in, whether you're going to binge watch that entire season right then and there from your couch, or if you're just, you know, if you're, if you're not hooked. So we look for inspiration like that um, from, from, you know, other places, because I, I agree with you, Jake, I think, you know, time and, you know, mind wandering and attention span, that is all going to come into play. But if it's, if it's something that the people see value in, if it's something that they want to do, um, they'll find the time for it, right? Do I have, do I actually necessarily have the time to spend 12 hours on my favorite Netflix series? Absolutely not. But I find the time yeah, because it's interesting to me and I enjoy it. So I think if you, if you build it in that way, then, you know, I, never am I implying here that people will spend 12 hours watching compliance training. So for sure, not that. But if you make it enjoyable, um, there is some training that we have that I actually really like doing. And, you know, some of it's compliance, some of it's not, but I actually really do enjoy doing some of it. So that gives me a couple a couple different branches. So I want to take it in one direction and then I, I reserve the right to come back for my second question on that. If I can remember, I should probably write it down. Uh, Netflix, I think, is a really interesting analogy. And one of the things that makes Netflix work that way is highly personalized recommendations. So that seems to be an interesting way to have the carrot or the ice cream is to do you know your learner enough? Does your system know your learner enough? Does the AI know the learner enough to be able to say, here is how this training is specifically going to be able to impact you and help you be better at your job and be able to achieve your goals, which is, I think, where we want to head, right? Like, we need the learner to understand how doing this experience is going to help them realize their goals. I agree. And I, and I think it all comes down to, again, like, if that's the experience, if that's the goals and what you want to accomplish, then yes. But there will be training and learning programs that, quite frankly, you don't care that the learner is engaged in those things, right? So there is always going to be a mix. But, Bob, you bring up a really good point because now you're starting to talk about how do you get to that personalization, right? How do you get all of those things, right? And you're starting to bring in technology, right, is a key part of this, right? So being in the cloud, you mentioned artificial intelligence, like having the right access to the right technologies that will enable you to do that can be done so much faster and easier. Okay, I'm going to exercise my claim for the second question because I remember what it was. That's good what? because I was about to interrupt, but so oh, okay. the second question. 
We're just we're, we're queuing up the questions here, Michelle. I, we've never done this before, so this is great. You are an awesome <laughs> guest. Um, we were talking about we, we've been talking about attention. We've been talking about time. One of the things that I think about a lot is energy, because I really I, I really think that we hear back from people. I don't have the time to do that training, and really they have the time. They just don't have the energy, right? And I think that's that's why you you find a way to binge watch that eight to ten hours of of a Netflix show, or or why we are all caught up on Wandavision when we probably have had a lot better things to do with ten hours of our time over the last eight weeks. It wasn't ten hours; it was shorter than that, and we wished it was longer. But it, it's the energy, right? So. So you, you just like, you, you can't do another thing that is going to drain your energy. But is there a way, again, to make the learning a little more energizing that it's actually something that, that people look forward to? I guess I'm kind of looping back to making it engaging and making it compelling. Yeah. And, and I think you're hitting on some of those durable learning principles too, right? I mean, to be engaging, to be, um, you know, it's, to actually do you have learning, it needs it needs to be hard, right? Some of it needs to be hard, and for, to do that, it takes time and energy, right? So, which is much different than just sitting, you know, on your couch watching Netflix. So, so there is there is a little bit more to it if you actually want people to learn and take away and remember as well. But you are all the experts on durable learning. I don't need to tell you all that. So there's this book I'm reading right now, and it's the Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain by Lisa Feldman Barrett. And in one of the chapters, she's talking about our ability to create your niche. So what that is, as our brain develops and you get older, you're creating your environment and are very selective on what you spend your energy on. And so she calls us your body budget, and your brain is the operator of this and is always determining how to use this budget. So again, as we get older, we're more selective, we're pickier on how we use our energy for such things. So I want to go back to the word compliance. So one of the things the brain is doing during this time, they're looking at senses, smells, sounds. So when you hear that word compliance or required, you can immediately tune it out. So just using that word may cause a negative reaction because our brain has already made the selective decision to not even bother with it. So quite simply, it may be asking, why would I even use any of my precious energy on this? Or I know I have to, but I'm not going to give you the energy needed to truly learn this. I'm just going to give you the just enough to check that box. So let's start at the term level. How do you even consider use of the term compliance or required. Uh, Jake, I think that's a great point. I mean, you're getting to the whole mindset mentality aspect of even that word compliance, right? So you've got, you know, the compliance driven learning, and then you've got growth driven learning, right? Um, if somebody says to you, Jake, you have two choices. This is training you have to do because of X, Y, and Z, or this is training that we think you should do that you might find helpful, it would be interesting to you, and it's going to help your career, right? 
suddenly there's something in it for you, right? So, so it has that, that mindset shift, right? Attached to it with, you're right, the very word of compliance. So, you know, compliance has a negative connotation. Um, it is perceived as something that is necessary to keep your job, right? So, so I agree. I think that that mindset and, you know, and quite frankly, the motivation behind it is, is different. Um, than than if it's you know that growth driven type of learning yeah in some ways it's like it's time for your medicine open your <laughs> mouth right no now it's time for netflix because i can sit back enjoy and not spend too much my body budget on that and i can just really enjoy and spend 10 hours of my time going back to bob's point we do have time just i don't think we want to spend the energy that's right. Dana, you've been so patient. What was your question? Yeah, Dana, it's, it, it, this is like the pick a number version of Learning Geeks, and your number is now up. So now serving <laughs> number number three, go. Go. So you actually uh, started talking to it in answering Jake's question, and that's why I was being patient. Um, <laughs> it's not because you're a, a kind, patient person. It's, no, no, yeah, never. Exactly. Never. No, I, I wanted to explore a little bit more. I mean, you made a differentiation and, and you have a nice graphic that our audio participants can't he see, but yeah. it, it has on one part, it has growth driven learning and then the other compliance driven learning, which are, you know, maybe considered as two different extremes. And then you've got a breakdown of what's the mindset for each one of those, and then what's the motivation uh, behind those, and and what are the outcomes? What what was it that compelled you to think through that particular graphic, and how was how was that matrix helped you in solving some of the 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 challenges that you've had in your with your current project? Great question, Dana. Well worth the wait. Um, so so yeah so. The motivation behind creating this was absolutely what's going on in my current program. So we are ruling out, we have rolled out, we've launched a major global initiative learning program. Is it mandatory or, or is it a growth driven or is it compliance driven? Well, that's exactly what we're what we're what we're what we're in the middle of figuring out, right? So when we wanted it, when we launched it about a year ago, it was definitely meant to be growth driven. Right. That has been the vision. That has been the goal. Not mandatory. The minute we make it mandatory, brains will shut off. People will not do it. They will, you know, all sorts of things, behaviors that we don't want will happen. So, so before I continue, just yeah. let me let me elaborate on that for a minute. So the program that was rolled out a year ago, it was mm -hmm. something that you wanted to be perceived as helpful in building people's skills uh, yeah, kind of a continuous learning uh, opportunity for them. Absolutely. It was something enticing, good for their career. Yes, uh, they would be able to apply it on the job. So that that yeah. was that was the original intent a year ago. Yes. Okay. Good for the person. Good for the business. Like motherhood and apple pie. Good for the soul. This is great stuff you should know about. You you we want you to learn about it. It will be good for you. Absolutely. And then yes. what what changed? So what happened was metrics changed, right? So we started measuring, right? And we always had the intention of measuring with the intention of driving the behaviors that we want to see, right? Metrics will always drive behaviors. It's a matter of what type of behaviors you want to drive. And, um, you know, so 
we drove, we're driving towards certain metrics. And what we started to see was change of behavior, right? We just started, started to see that, you know, people are, because it's so tied to certain metrics, it's driving or it started to drive some behaviors toward, let me just get it done, right? Let me not worry about the learning anymore. I don't care about the learning. I just have to get it done because, you know, leadership expects us to get this done. So, you know, now what we're trying to step back and think about from a program perspective is, hey, wait a minute, like we're sort of have this one foot in the growth driven side and then one foot in this compliance driven side because of the metrics that we chose and where, where we ended up with the metrics. So we're taking a step back and if it were easy, I would tell you yeah. the magic answer. We don't, that, that is one of the hardest things in my opinion about learning is driving, met, developing metrics to, to the right behaviors you want to drive. It's, it's, it's never been easy. I don't think that nut has ever successfully been cracked by any, anybody that I know of. So that's what we're trying to figure out. And we're trying to figure that out. And it may be the first time that we do this, right? Uh, it, in our company anyway. Um, and so we're trying to research and figure out how metrics, right? Will, what are the right type of metrics that we want to drive for the behavior we want to see? So that's what yeah, and, and well, and there's probably an element of what metrics are communicated back to people, because it seems like in this situation, the metrics are impacting the motivation either for good or for ill. Because it sounds like, you know, we're, we're trying to promote it as a growth driven program, but the metrics are starting to send a different message. It's not only the metrics. I agree with you. Yes. It's not only the metrics, though, that are sending a different message. It's also it's also a culture, right? The yeah. culture that the company has created. Right. So. And that is proving like the change side of this is proving to be much larger than we had ever anticipated, right? We've rolled out large global programs before this is what we do, right? Like not a big deal. But when you drive such large global programs with such high visibility, people start to make their own conclusions about what you're measuring and why they should do it because it's been done that way for decades, literally decades. So that is what we are trying to change, right? With the company like our size, we're trying to change, you know, we're changing, trying to shift the direction of the Titanic, right? Um, with our program and we're, and, and that is, that is the struggle. And, you know, I know, I know we're doing the right thing because it's not easy, right? I know we're doing the right thing because it's hard. It's never been done before. So, so I think it's yes, the, the, the metrics piece, but it's also the, the mentality of, you know, the culture of where we were and where we want to go, which is changing as well. Let, let me tell you, because I think our listeners know I, I have a relatively new role where aside from just working in learning innovation, I am now also the learning lead for a part of our business. And as soon as people started really kind of paying attention to some of those metrics, my inbox just got filled with people asking, can you give me more clarity on my numbers? What can I do? Who's doing this? What's happening over here? And all this stuff. And I'm spending a lot of time and energy trying to communicate and give the people the answers what they want and say, remember, this program is a really good thing that's about helping build people's baseline knowledge and skills. And it's great. And, you know, basically saying it's not compliance training. It's good. Like, be happy about it. Be encouraged. But the the challenge that I have, because we, you know, we, we hit a benchmark. I'm not going to say a deadline, but we have a, a benchmark. 
And I see this amazing hockey stick in my part of the business mm-hmm. where, you know, in mm-hmm. the last weekend before this benchmark, mm-hmm. we had a lot of activity of people doing it, which is exciting on one hand. But then I think, you know, Dana, for what we know with brain science at a best case scenario, they were cramming for their final. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So we know that the, that the intake's not happening. It's not getting encoded right. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst case, they're motivated by fear. And now you've got the amygdala hijack yep. going on. Either way, real learning isn't happening. And that makes me sad and, because it's an awesome it's an awesome program. And Bob, you hit the nail on the head. I think as you were talking, uh, the word that kept coming to my mind was fear, right? It, mm-hmm. Because metrics, if not driven, and if there's not clarity on how those metrics will be used, just signals fear, right? So hopefully, you know, as, as we're learning, right, and we're growing and we're trying something new for the first time, we're going to, you know, we've passed said benchmark, right? Hopefully that people will see, hey, there is really nothing to worry about, right? And my other hope is that, you know, what we really have, well, we talked about experience a bit as well, but my hope is even as those people ramped up, right, with your hockey stick, my hope is that people did start to get in there and realize, ah, there is a benefit to this, right? So for some of the people who did drag their feet because, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't think it was relevant or, you know, whatever the reason may be, my hope is that they actually did get hooked by hopefully the experience, the content, right? So that some of that will work together. Now, the metrics were driving behavior and action, which is good, right? But hopefully we can we can overcome that barrier and hopefully that that type of behavior and action will gravitate into you know experience at the same time that they enjoyed. I guarantee that happened because I I got an equal number of emails from people who were like, "Wow, once I got into this, I really liked it. I really yeah. learned a lot out of it. I really, you know, and and it's it's very good. It's very popular learning. I mean, where else are you going to go and have a learning experience and see me starring as a black hat hacker? <laughs> <laughs> I and I believe you had. Um, I believe you. You've been recognized by a few people, haven't you, for your starring role? <laughs> a few times. <laughs> You're going to have to get a clip so we can edit that and share because I haven't seen this thing. My favorite I part. Like to see it. Jake, my favorite part is he's in this black hoodie, right? And I really wish I figured this out sooner when we were out of editing. You know what I'm going to say, Bob? I do. Yeah. He's in this black hoodie and he's all serious like a hacker, you know, and then and then at the very end of the video, you can barely see a little Mickey Mouse on his hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> the only black hoodie that I had was the one I got from my friend who works at Walt Disney Imagineering. <laughs> What a hacker, right? <laughs> it was super fun. Hardcore it was hacker. super fun. So Michelle, I was going to say, once you figure this out, I think what you've done is you've set yourself up for a part two, because I, I have to believe that the things we've been talking about are not unique to to your situation, but those they're things that are being experienced by lots of people who listen mm-hmm. to this podcast. So so I'm going to throw it out there, but uh, you know, in three, four, five, six, whatever months it is to solve this, I think uh, we should have you back to uh, help clarify about, uh, you know, what things worked, what things didn't work. Yes. Where are they now episode? It sounds great. That's right. Very happy to do that. Whatever happened to Michelle Beekler? Well, that's a great transition, Dana, (laughs) because 
we are out of time. It's time for us to move on to our next events on a Friday afternoon. So, Michelle, thank you again for coming in and joining us. It was a delight to have you and uh, will be a delight to have you again. Thank you for having me. You know, we talked about the carrot earlier and ice cream. I was, all, those, uh, all the while we're listening to this uh, discussion, I'm thinking, I wonder how carrot cake would taste with vanilla ice cream. I bet it would be pretty good. So Very maybe good. that's part of it. Yeah. Well, Dana, you, you know what you should go try are some of the carrot cake Oreos. Those are on shelves right now. Oh. Those are really good. Put them in the freezer and it's kind of like ice cream. I'll have to pick those up. <laughs> and isn't it another another great Learning Geeks podcast where people walk away going, you know, hey, the one thing practical that I learned is put carrot cake Oreos in the freezer. That, that's you guys it. will have you will have to give an update on what that if it really tastes like ice cream next time you all get together, Dana. So. <laughs> Gentlemen, this has been fun. Thank you for inviting me and happy to come back. Thanks, Michelle. Well, thanks, and, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. And on behalf of Dana and Jake uh, and Michelle. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us again. We'll catch you back on the next episode of the Learning Geeks podcast real soon. Thanks, everybody.